Hello and welcome to the Study Apply Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am the first lady and co-pastor at Flow Church and I'm so happy to share this time with you. We call this podcast Study Apply Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the word of God, that we will thrive in every single area of life. So go ahead and grab your Bible, your journal, a beautiful pen and a wonderful cup of tea and let's get into the word of God. Happy spring, ladies. It's April, and I know that I probably said happy spring in March, and I'm going to say happy spring again (laughs) at the next episode. I love spring and fall. They're my favorite seasons, and I'm just excited about the weather changing, and I'm excited about changes happening in our lives individually and collectively. I'm just excited about everything that God's going to do. I hope that you are having an amazing April, that you had a wonderful Resurrection Sunday, or you might call it Easter Sunday. Doesn't matter. Jesus is Lord. He got up. That's all that matters. I hope you had a great weekend with your family. I am so excited about the word that I'm going to minister today, and I'm just I'm going to just do a lot of talking. I'm just going to talk, and I, I believe that what I'm going to share with you will resonate with so many of you, and that you'll be compelled to just allow it to saturate your heart, that you'll meditate on it, that you'll share it with your girlfriends, because I believe that God has something for all of us, including me, and I'm excited about it. So let me just jump right in. Guess what, ladies? Stuff happens. (laughs) Stuff happens. Stuff happens that we don't anticipate. Stuff happens that we did not plan for. Stuff happens. Some of it is painful. Some of it is unexpected. Some of it is uh, offensive and appalling, but there are things that happen in our life. And when we become born again believers, we don't have a promise from God that our lives are going to suddenly be perfect. We don't have a promise from God that we're going to be perfect, but we do have a promise from God that every situation that we face in life, that God has a plan for us and that Holy Spirit is a teacher for us and he'll teach us what to do. And one of the things that God has given us to deal with things that come up is the circle of friends that we have. And your friends can either make or break a situation in your life. When you have something come up in your life, you some of you have friends who will be right there with you, who will literally almost move in with you to make sure you get through it. And those are the types of friends that you want. Those are types of friends that I'm so blessed to say that I have. And because things are going to happen in your life and God is going to always be with you. God is going to always be right there with you. He's going to always have an answer for you. And even when you feel like God is afar off, you feel like you can't feel God, just know that he's always there because we have a promise that he said in the book of Matthew that he would never leave us or forsake us even until the end of the earth. And he will always be with us. And then we have promises all throughout the book of Psalms about God being our everlasting father for generations and forevermore. And so there's never going to be a time that God is not with you. Now, there will be times that you feel like God is not with you. There'll be times that you'll look around and say, God, where are you? There will be times that you may feel that way, but we know that our feelings are not always an indicator of truth. And there there may be times that you feel like God isn't there, but just know that he is there and know that he is working and know that you are not alone and know that he does have a plan for you and know that he's thinking good thoughts of you to bring you to an expected end and that you are not alone. But in addition to God being with you, he has given us a gift and a blessing in our friends. 
And I want you to think about your friendship circle. I want you to think about the ladies or the guys that you call your dear friends. And I want you to begin to ask yourself, how did they get such a prestigious title in your life? And we're not going to do an analysis of friendship today, but I do want you to be thinking about your friends and how they got to have that title because you want people in your life, as the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron. You want people in your life that are going to make you better. You want people in your life who are going to challenge you to think differently, who are going to challenge you to embrace the full truth of the word of God, who are going to challenge you to forgive, who are going to challenge you to let some stuff go and get over it, who are going to challenge you to eat better, to work out, to pray more, to join a ministry, to serve in ministry, to treat your children better, to allow uh, goodness to flow in your marriage. You you want people who are going to cheer you on. You want people who, you need a hype squad. That's what you, need. you absolutely need a hype squad. And I'm so grateful that God has given me in a, a wonderful circle of friends. And just yesterday, I was walking with two of my girlfriends and we used to walk a lot more pre-COVID, but because of COVID and all that COVID uh all the changes that COVID has brought to our lives. We don't walk as much as we usually do. But we got together yesterday and it was such a beautiful morning. We got up early in the morning before babies were even out the bed. The babies were still sleeping. One of my friends has a beautiful um, lake in her neighborhood and her community. And so we met at her house and we walked around the lake a couple of times. And we just, you know, we talk to each other all the time, but it's different when you kind of catch up in person and we share what was going on with our lives and, you know, are just laughing and talking and having a great time. And before we left to get in our cars where the one was going to go in her house, the rest of us were getting in our cars to go away. The one said, friend said, hey, guys, we need to pray before we go. And let's just pray for everything that we shared as we were walking. And so we all went, got in a circle, couldn't hold hands because of COVID, but we still <laughs> sit in the circle. And we just began to pray for one another because that's what a hype squad does, that your sessions together don't end with gossip. Your sessions together don't end with, mm-hmm, girl, see you next time. You know, it ends with sealing that fellowship with the presence of God and knowing that everything that you share with your friends is going to stay there. You don't have to say to them, hey, don't don't repeat what I said. If you have to say that, then you're talking to the wrong people. You should never have to do that. But that you have the ability to have people around you who are going to always point you back towards Jesus, who are going to always hype you up in the things of God, who are going to always be, I think, gases. People still say gas up. They're going to keep gassing you up because they know what God has put on the inside of you. They know the assignments that God has charged to your hands because you have an openness with them that you can share it. And so you need to have people in your life that you can be honest with, that you can be open with, that they can hype you up, that they'll protect you, that they won't allow anything to happen to you, that they'll be there because I started out by saying that sometimes some stuff happens and you need to have that circle of friends. And I brought that up because I had something happen in my life personally. And then boom, a couple of days later, my friends were like, let's go walking. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to have people in your life that can do that to support you. And if you don't have that, we're going to pray at the end for you to receive that in your life because God has a team of people that he has designed just for you. There's a team of people that he wants praying with you, a team of people that he has just for you, but you have to have a willing heart to receive it. And you have to get to the place in your life that you can be so authentic with these people that they'll be able to give you wise counsel based on who you really are, not based on who you are pretending to be. And so we're going to talk 
talk today about Peter. I love Peter. I preached about Peter, <laughs> Peter and women's ministry um, a couple weeks ago and how Peter is, Peter was a mess, y'all. <laughs> Peter would have been one of my friends. <laughs> Peter is a mess. I mean, Peter did some stuff. But one thing about Peter is that he sincerely loved the Lord. And that right there is a whole word that you can be a mess, that you can have stuff going on in your life, but that you can still sincerely love the Lord. But the difference between uh, sincerely loving the Lord and being a mess, well, not the difference, but the the lesson there that we get from people from, from Peter is that even though he was a mess, he allowed the anointing of God to come in and change him. He didn't stay in that position. He didn't stay where he was. He did not stay in the position and the lifestyle and the level that he was when he met Jesus. He allowed Jesus' ministry to take him further so much so that he became a great apostle, that he became an author of a significant number of books in the New Testament, that Peter left an enduring legacy on the Christian community. And so it doesn't matter how you start out. It doesn't even matter where you are right now, but it depends on if you will allow the anointing of God to change who you are and push you further. And again, stuff happens. And it seemed like Peter always had stuff happening to him. He um, had an opportunity to lie and say he didn't know Jesus. He got angry and cut off the soldier's ear. You know, he, he used to curse. I mean, Peter has some stuff going on. So here in Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to start reading. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and I'm going to start reading at verse 22. And again, um, I'm just so excited. Okay, let me just read. It says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, he being Jesus, while he dismantled the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was long gone from the land beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. So Peter, I'm sorry, Jesus was with his disciples and there was a big crowd. Jesus had been ministering. He tells his disciples to get into the boat and go on to the other side of the lake or the river or whatever body of the water this is. Go ahead ahead of him. He's going to fellowship with the crowd some more, dismiss the crowd. He goes up to the mountains to pray and he's there alone. And by the time he finishes the boat is gone and the boat is already gone. So while the boat is in the middle of the water, it says here in verse 24 that the winds were beating up the boat. And this is where we say stuff happens. You know, even though God can tell you to do something, that doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing the whole time you do it. Jesus specifically told them to get into that boat. He specifically told them to go across and to go ahead of him. And so he said that he wasn't going to physically be in the boat with them. He gave them those instructions. And sometimes we believe that, well, if God told me to start this business or if God told me to buy this home or if God told me to preach the gospel or if God told me to eat healthier, that there's going to be this special power that comes across me that makes it easy the whole time. God promised to be with us, but he never said that stuff wouldn't happen in the middle of us being obedient to his word. 
And sometimes we, we get this misnomer, which is a flat out lie that if God told you to do something, then you should not incur any obstacles. And if God was really walking with you, that you wouldn't ever experience anything bad. And that's not what the scriptures teach us. That's not what the scriptures tell us. So here we have Jesus giving his disciples a very specific instruction. He gives them a specific instruction to get into this boat. And there have been times in your life that you heard from God so clear that you got a specific instruction. And then when you get into the middle of it, here come the waves, here comes the water, here comes the wind. And verse 25 says, and it was the fourth watch of the night. He came to, and I'm sorry, it says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And so in the middle of this stuff happening, the, the winds are blowing, the ship is probably rocking, they're concerned. And Jesus, who was on the mountain praying, realizes that, okay, they need me. So he just comes walking across the water because he's a miracle worker, because he's a water work, a water walking miracle worker. He just comes and walks up. So God will show up in the middle of whatever stuff you may be encountering. He will show up, but he may show up in a way that you did not expect for him to show up. And verse 26 says, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and say, is it a ghost? That Jesus was showing up in such an unconventional way that they didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. They had been walking with him. They had been seeing him minister. They knew what he looked like. They knew his voice. They knew his form. But in that moment, when they were looking for help, when they were looking for someone to rescue him, rescue them from this situation, here comes Jesus. And their first thought was, is he a ghost? And it may be because he was so far away. It may be because they were just shaken. It may be because they thought that he was going to show up a different way, that they had some set expectations. But it doesn't matter what our expectations are. It doesn't matter what our vision is. God is going to still show up and we have to condition our hearts to be willing to receive him when he does show up because he's going to show up in the midst of all of the craziness that may be going on. Because again, I started out by saying stuff happens in the midst of something happening in the midst of all of that. God's going to show up, but he may not show up in the way that you think he's going to show up. And you can't put God in the box of your expectation. God never said that he was going to only do things the way that you expected him to do. He was going to only do things the way that you want him to do it. He's going to do things in the way that he thinks is best because he is God. And you have to be willing to receive that this is not what I was expecting. This is not what I'm accustomed to. But this is surely God because it lines up with the word of God. And that's how you know when it's God. Verse 27, um, it says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. And so God begins to minister to them. He, Jesus begins to speak to them to begin to calm their spirits and calm their hearts. And then here comes our boy, Peter. I like me some Peter. And Peter answers him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. So Peter's like, okay, 
If that's you, Jesus, command me to come to you because I want to do what you're doing. I want to do greater where you say we're going to do greater works than you. I want to do what you're doing. I want to come to you. God, remove me from this situation that I am and just allow me to come be with you. And sometimes we pray that, God, I just want to be with you. Oh, God, I just want to sup with you. Oh, God, I just want to fellowship with you. I want to escape all this other craziness that's going on. And God, I just need a moment with you. But think about what's going on. Peter wants to get out of the boat to come onto the into the water to be with Jesus because one a whatever we want to do with letters or numbers I usually mix them all up so we're gonna stick with numbers today he just wanted to do what Jesus was doing or he wanted to just be close to Jesus but there's nothing wrong with either because we have been called to do the works of Jesus in the earth and we have called been called to be close to Jesus. So whether Peter wanted to be close to the Lord or wanted to do what the Lord was doing, it doesn't matter. He just want he both of those options are fine. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because I don't want you to be in a box about how you respond to God telling you to not be afraid. Whatever you're being led at that time, as long as it lines up with the word of God, it is totally fine. You may say, God, you're here. Glory to God. I'm just going to lay here in your presence and cry it out. Or you might say, God, you're here. I'm glad I got my journal. I got my pen. God, I need a checklist on how to get out, how to deal with this. You might say, God, you're here. God, just minister to me. Just allow me to feel the tangible touch of Holy Spirit. You may say, God, just allow me to worship in your presence. Just tell me what song to put on. Just going to allow me just to be overcome with the joy and heaviness of your presence and of your spirit. But it does, none of those things none of them are wrong. However you respond to God showing up for you is how you respond to God showing up for you. And you don't have to justify it. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to defend it. All you have to do is know that it's your time with God. And even in the midst of stuff happening, that God still shows up. So verse 29 says, and he said, come, So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took it and took hold of him, saying, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worship him saying, truly, you are the son of God. So Peter comes out and he begins to walk on the water. Then he sees the winds and the and the waves and all that. And he becomes afraid and he begins to sink. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, a lot of times we hear people say that, why did you take your eyes off Jesus? And if you're in the middle of a bad situation, if you just keep your eyes focused on Jesus, then everything will be okay. Well, this particular passage doesn't give us any evidence that Peter ever stopped looking at Jesus, that Peter ever took his eyes off of Jesus. But what it does tell us, because of Jesus' statement, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Is that Peter allowed doubt to overcome him, that Peter allowed doubt to take over his thoughts. And so you can be looking right at God. You can have the word open on your lap. You can have earbuds in on the treadmill on your spinning bike, listening to the word and doubt can still come in in the presence of God. And it's important that we point that out because sometimes uh, some uh 
self-righteous saints will try to tell you that if you really connected with God, you never doubt. And if God really told you to do something, you would never doubt. And they'll give you all these uh, in, inappropriate and incorrect incorrect antidotes that if you were really so mature in the things of God, you would never doubt. But here's Peter right here in the presence of God. God is holding on to him, but yet he was still fearful. He still had doubt. And so things are going to happen. You're going to experience a loss. You may experience a a death. You may be dealing with grief. You may get a hold of some bad information. You may invest your money incorrectly. Sickness may come upon you without any warning. You may lose your your job, your child might start acting crazy, your husband might start acting crazy, you might start acting crazy. Stuff can still happen. God will still come and rescue you. God will still show up in your life. And in the midst of the tangible evidence that God is there, you could still possibly have doubt in your heart. And I need that to sink in because I want you to know that you are in good company that you are not the only one who experienced doubt. You're not the only one who just uh, doubts that you heard from God. Well, did I really hear God? Because if God said this, then why am I dealing with this? If God said move forward, why then? You are in good company. This is a disciple who was walking with God, a disciple who as he continues to mature in the things of God and continues to mature in ministry, he becomes a great apostle. So there is still greatness for you, even if you get to points where you doubt. They're still grateful there's still greatness for you, even if you get in times in your life where you are afraid, even in the presence of God, even when you know that God gave you an instruction, stuff is still going to happen to try to come and shake you and try to come and cause doubt. But guess what? I remember I started talking about ha- having your 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 friends, your friendship circles matter. So the disciples are watching all of this. Now, let's just use our imagination for a second. What would have happened If when Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water, instead of the disciples standing there looking at him in amazement, what if they became his hype team and started hyping him up? What if they were saying, Peter, you can do it. Peter, you got it. Peter, don't be afraid. God is with you. And they started hyping him up. Would doubt have still come into the heart of Peter? Now, we know from the Bible that friends are everything, that friends can do everything, and that God uses your friends to make you better. Now, look at, um, I'm, I mentioned it earlier, but I want you to actually turn to it because I want you to see it. Because sometimes we have this misnomer that is simply not true, that if God wants to do something in your life, that he'll just do it without involving any other people. And there are times when God will do something in your life without involving any other people. But there are many many examples where God uses someone else to help you, that God uses someone else to bless you, that God will use your friends to help you get better. So look here at Proverbs 27, and I just quoted it, but I want you to see it in the word. I want you to highlight it in your word. I want you to make a a meme out of it. I want you to make a graphic out of it. I want you to have this. Proverbs 27 and 17, it says, iron sharpens iron so sharpens the countenance of a friend. And so if God didn't need friends to do anything for us, it would say, Holy Spirit will sharpen your countenance. It will say God alone will sharpen your countenance. It will say God by himself, God in the word, the blood of Jesus will sharpen your countenance. But here it's saying that iron sharpens iron. So does 
Man sharpened the countenance of a friend. So God specifically will put people in your life to make you better, to sharpen you, to make you stronger, to help you live better. God wants to use your team and I'm join the club. God wants to use your club. He wants you to be a part of a club of people who will help you get better. So when those hard times come and those hard times will come and God will show up, but he also wants a team to show up with you, to hype you up, even if they're just there to bring you something to eat, if they're there to just send you a text saying, I'm with you, I'm saying it with you. If they're there to say, let's pray before we get in our cars and go our separate ways. If they're there to sing with you, if they're there to laugh with you, if they're there to go to the spa with you, he he wants you to have some people in your life that will make you better, that you can talk it through with, to give you a perspective, to show you when you're wrong and you can show them when they're wrong. Because if everybody is right all the time, except for you and your little friends, circle of friends, then that's a really interesting situation. And so he does that. He gives you friends. Now look at um Matthew, I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs 13. Now hear my Bible turn. <laughs> I usually have my electronic Bible, but guess what? My battery just died. So now I'm using my paper Bible. Always ready. Bring both. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 13 and 20. It says, he that walks with wise men shall be wise, but the company of fools shall be destroyed. So in the, uh, I want to look at this in the Passion Translation. Let me read that. A Passion Translation is so good there. Y'all still with me? I got to turn to a whole different Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I got it now. It says, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise, walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become like them. If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise, walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become like them. And so again, if God was going to do everything that you needed him to do in your life by himself, he would not give you instructions to walk with the wise. He would not tell you that iron sharpens iron. And there are so many other scriptures that talk about the value of having good people in your life. And so you can imagine how that situation would have gone differently if Peter had had a hype team. If the high, if Peter's friends were like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And even if it was something uh, more personal for Peter that he was going through, they would be saying, you can get through it. We're here with you. You don't have to fight a battle by yourself. You're not in this by yourself. We're here with you. And so God will use people to get you through the stuff that happens in your life. And again, stuff is going to happen, but God will use people to do it. And again, it wasn't about Peter taking his his eyes off of Jesus, it was that he allowed doubt to come into his heart. And now let me just give you real quick a couple ways 
said, doubt will come into your heart. Doubt will come into your heart. Looking again at Proverbs 13, if you walk with the foolish. Now, let me just be very clear. If you are always the smartest person in the room, then you need to start going into some different rooms. If you are always the smartest person in the conversation, you need to start talking to some other people. If you are the only person in your circle who is born again and has been that way for the last year, year and a half, two years, and no one has been converted by your lifestyle and no one is being changed by you, more than likely you're being changed by them and you need to change your circle. You want to be a woman who values wisdom, who values wise people, who are not intimidated by the wisdom of other people. Because when you are not around wisdom, when you're not around sound doctrine, when you're not around faith-filled words, when you're not around faith-filled women, when hard times come and when you're on your boat and when God shows up and invites you to come out and be closer to him, you will have doubt come in. If you haven't already had that hype squad spending time with you and in the middle of that hyping you up and telling you, you can do this girl, you got this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about those wins. Don't worry about that wave. You can do that. And so doubt will come in when you spend too much time listening to the wrong thing, either by listening to the wrong people, by taking bad advice by listening to gossip, by watching foolish TV shows of people supposedly giving you life advice and they can't get themselves together, that will cause doubt to come into your heart. Doubt will also come into your heart when you don't personally spend enough time with the Lord, that you don't have a personal lifestyle of worshiping God, of reading the word, of praying, because what will happen there is when a situation comes up, you'll say, oh, well, is God really here for me? Because by the way, when was the last time I prayed? Is God really here for me? And that's a, a natural response. When you don't really spend time with the Lord, doubt will come in because then you begin to think, well, am I worthy? Well, yes, you are worthy. Yes, you are worthy. Yes, you are worthy. But you spending time in the word builds your confidence that you're worthy. I can believe that you're worthy all day long, but you have to believe that you're worthy of his presence. You have to believe that you're worthy of his help. You have to be willing to believe that you're worthy of him coming in, fixing things. And that belief that you're worthy comes from spending so much time in his word that you know, without a shadow of a doubt that he said in Matthew, that I would never leave you or forsake you. That he said that if you make your bed in heaven, I'll be there. If you make your bed in hell, I'll be there. That he says that at least at any time that you should see with your eyes and hear with your ears, and understand with your heart and change that I will come in and heal you, that there's no time limit on it, at least at any time, but it's going to take you knowing that for yourself. And so you studying the word will build confidence. But when you don't study the word and when you don't pray and when you don't worship, it incur it encourages doubt to grow in your heart. And we already said this, but I can't say it enough. Hanging out with the wrong people will cause doubt to be in your heart. 
You need to be around people of like precious faith, other women who are a part of the kingdom of God, God culture club, that they know the language and they know how we behave and they know faith and they know word. You need to surround yourself with people like, like that. Not people who are spiritual because God never called us to be spiritual. We are spirit beings being in relationship with the almighty God. And so you want to be that if you are the only person who is always right, everybody come to you for by you always right. Nobody can't tell you nothing. You always right. That will cause doubt to grow in your heart because you don't have anybody speaking into your life. It says that iron sharpens iron. Somebody needs to be able to speak into your life. So listen, ladies. As you go into spring and spring is here, I'm so excited. And you start getting out more. You're walking with your girlfriends. You might be going shopping with your girlfriends, going out to brunch and lunch and taking the babies to the park and going to the beach and all the wonderful things that you're doing safely, socially distant, being very safe and wise and wearing your mask and all that stuff. You're doing that. You want, I want you to check your circle in the event that something happens. Can these group of women right here hype me up? And I don't mean hype you up just by giving you a pat on the back. I mean, can they say a scripture? Can they pray a prayer? Can they speak a word? Can they help just keep doubt at bay in your life because you have a fellowship with them? They're your hype team. They're your 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 squad. They're your team. They're friendship goals. People look at you and say, friendship goals. I want you to begin to do that. And if you don't have those type of friends, if you don't have those type of relationships, I want to pray with you before we end that God will open your heart and allow you to be open to it. And I'm sorry if you've been hurt in the past by other women. And I, uh, it hurts my heart so much when I hear ladies say that they can't be friends with other women. That hurts my heart so much because there is such an anointing and such a wonderful thing to be in a spirit of sisterhood and fellowship with other women. Sisterhood is a amazing thing. And I get so just, oh, it's like grating to me when I hear women think that they can't be friends with other women. And so I'm going to challenge you to just move past what other women have done to you in the past. Move past all of that and embrace the anointing that God has on you for good, healthy friendships. The people who will accept you for exactly who you are and you can be authentic with them. You can be original with them and they're going to still love you, but they're going to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to be and to do all God called you to be and all God called you to do. And in the times when things happen, because things are going to happen, they're going to be right there with you, cheering you on, encouraging you, telling you it's going to be okay, praying on your behalf, interceding on your behalf, seeking God with you, telling you don't look at the waves, cheering for you, your very own cheering squad in the things of God. And I, I hope that that is something that you all have. And again, if you don't, we're going to pray for you to have it. So listen, stuff is going to happen. Stuff is going to happen, but your squad, your friends will determine how quickly you're able to bounce back from those things. And because they're going to sharpen you, they're going to make you wiser. They're going to point you towards Jesus because Jesus is going to always be there with you. But you want a group of friends who are going to help you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for everyone listening to this podcast. And Father, I ask that you just surround them with wonderful, girly, godly girlfriends. Father, give them friends who are like sisters, who have like precious faith, who also have a commitment to live for you, that living for you is not a burden, but it's a joy, that living for you 
is authentically who they are, that they are praying friends, that they are fasting friends, that they are friends who study the word of God, that they are friends who worship, that they are friends who have godly marriages. They are friends who are raising their children according to the word of God. Father, surround them with wise women in the name of Jesus, women who are wise in their professions, women who are wise in the crafts that you've called them to, women who are wise in business, women who are wise in finances, women who are wise in fitness and nutrition, women who are wise in communication. God, I call forth wise women now in the name of Jesus and just ask everyone listening to this podcast, God, that you would allow them to be connected with the circle of loving, wise women who will hype them up and encourage them to keep listening to you, to keep living for you, to not doubt in their heart, but just to only trust and believe what you've said to them. God, I thank you for great friendships. Father, I thank you that they're sharpening each other like iron. Father, I thank you that you're making them better. And Father, we declare it to be so, and we thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we would be so honored and happy for you to come and be a part of our tribe, a part of our team at Flow Church. We have an amazing community of women who are doing what they need to do to live for God. There are no perfect people here, but there are a lot of faithful women here who live for God, who have a lifestyle for God, who sincerely have a lifestyle for God that is not fake and is not phony, but they are sincerely living for God. And we want you to come be a part of our community. You can be a part of our brilliant women book club community. That right there is some powerhouse women. These women are hungry for more and we read books together to help us achieve all that God has called us to and ministry and business and family and finance and health. These women are, are world changers. They're, they're trending um, trendsetters. They are ready to change the world. And then we want you just to come and be a part of Flow Church. You can worship with us on any Sunday at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 6.30 p.m. at live.flow-church.tv. Again, that's live.flow-church.tv. Well, we love you. We are praying for you, and we hope that the podcast blessed you. Continue to share it. Continue to listen to it. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon.